Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman, my father, Mike Golick Sr., who was just FaceTiming me for, for the show. From And if you guys aren't watching on YouTube or on DraftKingsNetwork.com and you don't see my dad's background that looks like a Dexter kill room, dad is FaceTiming me before the show, showing off the area that he is going to beautifully drywall and make his studio. So, dad, I know you're beaming with fatherly pride right now. How are you doing otherwise? I'm doing well. Yeah, I had to put up this picture behind me because it was just plastic and there was no doubt it was the Dexter kill room that it looked like. So I think people got uneasy with it. The big question is going to be, Mike, do you think that I can finish this room myself? Do you think I can drywall this room, oh, tape buddy. it, paint it and do everything like that? Or do you think I have to wait Dad, till Jake you're... gets here? Dad, you are many things, but you are not your father, my grandpa Lou, God rest his soul, who could have done that himself. You're the son of a bricklayer. You are not a bricklayer yourself. That got passed on and skipped a generation like twins, and Jake has that. You do not. So I would either wait for him or do what you do best and hire a professional. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll. Jake's got the back issue going on right now, so I don't know how much I want to put him to work. But uh, you're right. I mean, reminiscent of the time at your house in West Hartford where – he replaced the entire garage door opener, and we just sat around and waited for him to tell us what to do because we had no clue what was going on, and he did it like nothing. So you're right. it did, And that bums me out. I would love, love to be handy. I'd love to just find something, and, and you know, your mom and, and my wife, Chris, just to say, hey, can you go fix this? Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll go fix that. Something electrical? Got it. Something water? Got it. Something structural? Got it. No problem. But, man, I'm scared to death. I just, I just can't do it. Can't, absolutely can't do it. Well, 
stuff like drywalling and things like that a lot different than once it involves electricity to me there is a massive delta between most home improvement products and then anything that involves electricity or water those are no fly zones unless you are truly about that life have worked in that life prior somehow had that as a part of your upbringing because those are built different and can have catastrophic results but i'm with you on that i always said i would love to trade any like ounce of athletic ability i had for the comparable amount of singing ability I probably wouldn't trade it for the comparable amount of handiness, but I would have liked to have walked out of the hospital with more of that than I did. Man, you know, because how many times do we watch HGTV and we say, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. And then I I love walking the aisles of Home Depot or Lowe's and just saying, oh, yeah, that's a great tool. I got more tools sitting in my garage uh, that I don't use that I bought because I thought I'd use it and they look cool uh, that I'll never get to use. Because you're right. You know, I, I... Drywalling, I think I could do, but all of a sudden there's a lot of cutouts. Now you got to do the cutouts, you know, of that drywalling as well. It's way more involved than I think. I, I and at the end of the day, I would spend a lot of time trying to do it and screw it up to n- enough where Chris would come down and say, "Get somebody in here to fix it." So now it's double. I've spent money trying to do it myself, and then I have to spend money to have someone come in and fix what I did. Yeah, at the end of the day, this is about valuing your time and also understanding that you serve a different master. You are not your own boss. You work for somebody else. And so keeping that boss happy, probably the smartest thing you can do. We got a great show for you guys. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out, like we said, on DraftKings YouTube so you can watch my dad's room together, come together around him in the coming weeks and months here. Uh, We're going to talk to Joy Taylor, co-host of Speak on FS1. She's going to come by Minister of heat culture help us get ready and look ahead to see if any of the confidence is cracked around the Miami heat as dad we've got game three coming up there or excuse me game four coming up there in that series tonight the Denver Nuggets have a 2-1 series lead we also man the sports were good last night dad yeah, I don't know if yeah. you sat around like I did all yesterday I did. and watched the two, the championship events that we had going on between the NHL, the Stanley Cup final now, Florida Panthers get a game. They get their first uh, Stanley Cup final win in team history. They got swept uh, by the Avalanche years ago and had lost the first two on the road against Vegas. So they got that. Uh, Matthew Kachuk continues to have ice water in his veins. And then you had Oklahoma women's softball completing now and ascending to the place that very few teams get. They are now in the New England Patriots, UConn women's basketball of old place where we We are going to start having the debates about this Oklahoma super team being bad for the sport. It's incredible. Oh, I know that. And and I hate that. I feel so, so great for the women. And we'll get to that one because they are just so dominant. 53 in a row, back to back to back championships. But yeah, you mentioned it, you know, watching uh, uh, the Florida finally get a win in this uh, against Vegas in the Stanley Cup. And it was Kachuk. Now, Kachuk took a shot. He's usually the giver. Uh, and he did one, what was it, last game or two games ago when he smoked someone uh, on the Golden Knights. But he got smoked last night in the first period, came back for a shift on a power play, but then left and went into the locker room. He missed, you know, part of the first period and the second period. So you weren't sure of his availability. And we know what he has meant to this team uh, in the postseason. And he scores with a little over two minutes to go in regulation uh, to tie this thing up because it was looking like it were two minutes away from the Panthers falling down 0-3 in this series and it definitely being over to getting that goal, tying it up, and then Carter Verhage scores with a little over four minutes gone in overtime on a shot that even their coach said, you know, this wasn't a shot we were really expecting to win on, quite honestly. Yet it goes in, they get the win, it's 2-1. to one. We've had, what, uh, 55 previous, if you're down 2-1 in a series in hockey, and 11 times that that team has come back and won the Cup. So there is certainly hope for Florida. I think Vegas is the better team, like we think Denver is the better team. But a nice win for Florida. And again, proving that there is nothing in sports like overtime hockey in the playoffs. Yeah, that was the first shot taken in overtime, too. It was an yeah. absolute missile. And listen... 
hockey experts here on Gojo, everybody knows, just get pucks towards the net, baby. That's all you need. Get pucks towards the net. Good things are going to happen. So um, congratulations to our friends over at the Levitard Show. I'm sure the local hour was an absolute zoo there. I saw the Stanley Cup made its way through the Metal Arc offices the other day, which is always pretty cool, Dad. I saw the guys over on New Heights also, Jason and Travis Kelsey, showing off the Lombardi. You can say what you want about the hardest trophy to win, anything like that. Stanley Cup's the coolest because you can drink out of it. And that really, to me, is the only metric that matters when it comes to championship trophies. Can I take a picture of me chugging a beer or eating cereal out of it? If yes, then great. If no, then we need to revisit the structure of this trophy. Oh, I completely agree. And and you get possession of it for like a day or whatever it is. I don't know what the what what the timing is, but you get to take it. We hear guys taking it taking it to their favorite bar or, and we're heard of the damage, you know, it's fallen out of a car. It's been, you know, down in the bottom of a pool. It's been everywhere. But that to me makes it great that you get it for a day and you get to decide what you want to do. And, And that's the biggest thing. You know, what would you do? What would you eat or drink out of it? I think I'd make the biggest, you know, hot fudge sundae known to mankind, you know, and put it in that cup and eat out of it. But the things that that, that that cup has been through, the book that that cup could write would really be incredible. It would be. There is a coffee table book to be made somewhere about the travels yeah. of the Stanley Cup. There's also one to be made about the dominance. Let me read you off what oh. Oklahoma softball dad has now accomplished. So this season, they finished 62-1, and which included their own record that they were building on by the end of 53 straight wins to end the season. They have now seven titles overall, including six in the last 10 years, and are now in the middle of a three-peat. Dad... This is one of the most dominant stretches of any sports team that we have probably ever seen. You had a whole host of All-American and All-Conference transfers that made their way into the team. Alex Duraco, the pitcher who was out there last night, was one of them. They have just decided they are going to produce a juggernaut unlike anything we have seen at that school. And they finish off Florida State last night. They win uh, the Women's College World Series 2-0 in that series. And, Dad, they got no signs of slowing down or apologizing no. to anybody for how they've built this behemoth. No, no. Let me let me add to those numbers. You mentioned seven title. Only UCLA with 12 and Arizona with eight have more. So they're about to catch Arizona next year when they go for the four-peat. Five All-Americans returning. Returning. Five All-Americans returning. Led by Jordy Ball, who is just incredible on the mound. 24 so and uh, co- Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, consecutive scoreless innings in the, uh, in the World Series. Their last loss was 109 days ago. During the 53-game uh, win streak, 23 wins against ranked opponents. Run differential was plus 371, and they had 35 shutouts. They led the nation in fielding percentage, batting average, home runs, and ERA. They had four batters hitting over 400, three pitchers with under a one ERA. And again, five All-Americans coming back. And you know, and this is, well, you mentioned it earlier, what's going to tick off a lot of people. At the spots they lost people, you're going to get portal transfers. You're going to get great players from other schools that are going to jump onto this bandwagon, join this team, and they're going to win four in a row. I mean, I I don't know what's going to stop them at this point with the people they have coming back and the people they are going to get, which which does it makes you appreciate the dynasty, but there are those who are going to look at it and say they don't like this. They don't like how they're building it, bringing in the transfers now. This is college now. You get used to it. I, I have zero issue with it at all. Congrats to these women going out and doing what they're doing and absolutely dominating uh, the world of college softball. So congrats to them, and, and this, I, I, I don't know who's going to stop for number four. Dad, this was supposedly the lesser talented roster that yes. they had had in the three-peat, and this was the gritty, plucky team that was going yeah. to effort yeah. their way through <laughs> this thing. You had Alex Taraco, who came over and was the Big Ten Player of the Year in softball last year at Michigan, getting called Kevin Durant and getting chirped by people and fans for coming over and joining the super team. That's how ticked off people were about this. It's incredible, and to Coach Gasso's credit, she said, listen, we had the scholarships and we had room. Why are 
are we not yep. going to take great players that want to come yep. here and figure this out? Um, but dad, let's get to, uh, so congratulations to that championship outfit. Let's get to another program that is going to enjoy some change as they try and get to the top. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Uh, so, Dad, the program in question and the big news that we got yesterday right after we finished the show uh, concerned our alma mater, Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, it was announced, would be stepping down after the 2023 season and would be succeeded by NBC Sports Chairman Pete Bavacqua. So, Dad, you are boots on the ground in South Bend right now. Did you feel the ground shift beneath your feet? How was it out there? It was something. Uh, it was interesting. And then I got on my little fatty scooter and was heading over to the golf course. And I happened to run into Jack Swarbrick, who was uh, on Eddy Street, uh, just walking home. We actually live a couple houses from one another. So we chatted for a, a little bit. Uh, and uh, during that conversation, we'll absolutely try and get him on our show. We got to get him on and we got to get Bavacqua on as well. Um, since we are the show of Notre Dame record, being two Notre Dame grads, I would hope that we want to want to continue on the show. But yeah, I mean, I, I did not see this one coming. Um, so, but it looks like we, uh, Father Jenkins, the president of Notre Dame, has says he has been thinking about a successor for Jack for a while. So it seems maybe behind the scenes, this was kind of something in the back of everybody's mind that was going to come to fruition. And Pete Pavacqua, I mean, he was a walk-on punter here at Notre Dame under Lou Holtz. So, you know, he obviously has Notre Dame in his blood as well. I would see him on Notre Dame weekends here. Uh, because obviously NBC, working with NBC, NBC has a deal with Notre Dame, which he would be in a nice position to negotiate the new one, which they're going to be doing very, very soon as well. So uh, that that's a nice move for Pete, who said he never really expected to be an AD, but certainly to be an AD at Notre Dame, uh, where you went to school and something that's kind of in your heart is a, is a pretty cool thing. But what a job Jack did. Jack won more national championships than any other athletic director. He won 10 you know, between what was it, women's uh, women's basketball, men's and women's lacrosse, and fencing, didn't win one in um, in football, and that he said was his biggest regret. The closest he got was, you know, when you and Jake were here, when you guys played in the title game uh, against Alabama. That was the closest Notre Dame got in his tenure here. Got a few times in the playoffs, but never got to the finals there. So, and then obviously a big part of this new 12-team playoff, right? He was one of the four architects for that as well. So there's a lot of power in that position. I know a lot of people rip Notre Dame saying they get handed this or handed that. But as I've always said, nobody Jack Swarbrick isn't walking into any of these meetings with a gun to anybody's head saying, do this for us or, or else. You know, they're the ones that vote Notre Dame and have Notre Dame being part of the way they're part of it. So he's done, he's done a great job. As I said, his only, he said his only regret is not getting the then the football national title, which the last one was 1988. Uh, but we move on to a, to a Notre Dame man now in Pete Pavaco. He's actually going to start, I think, pretty soon, I think in July, and just kind of work as kind of learn the ropes for a year until Jack steps aside next year. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I heard Pete Sampson talking about this over at The Athletic, to look at the program, the way Pete Bavak was inheriting it versus the way that Jack inherited it. And you mentioned all he accomplished. He was there 15 years. He was there my yep. entire adult lifetime, more or less, as a Notre Dame fan, and was no doubt integral to so many of the things that you mentioned. But you look at it's very similar, honestly, to the program Brian Kelly inherited versus the program that Marcus Freeman inherited, right? Because for Jack, you were coming in off of 
the down years. You were coming in right. off of right. three and nine in 2007 and then six wins the following year, having one of your first things on campus be figuring out the new head football coach at Notre Dame. Think about it. He hired Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman during this time period. He hired Neil Ivey, uh, Neil Ivey to replace the legend on campus in Muffet McGraw yep. and then had to replace Mike Bray this last year. So amidst all that navigated a lot of change, helped Notre Dame figure out how they were going to schedule football games during the pandemic, helped Notre Dame figure out how they were going to put a foot in the water in the ACC, dip a toe in there with all the other teams, but keep football separate. So between that and the stadium renovation, a lot went on in that time period. And now he hands the baton off to dead. You brought it up there. People Vakwa did not think he would be an athletic director because that right. is not where his background was. This is also a sign of the times higher that we've seen. You looked at the Big Ten, hired former MLB and TV executive Tony Petiti as their next conference commissioner this last year. Brett Yarmark over at the Big 12 was the CEO for Rock Na or the COO for Rock Nation. George Klyevkov came to the Pac-12 from MGM Resorts International where he was the president of entertainment and sports. These are people being brought over to help negotiate TV deals and figure out expansion. These are not legacy college athletics hires anymore. No, no. Bavakwa has a nice resume of obviously what he's doing at NBA. Before that, he was a CEO of PGA of America and before that worked at a New York City law firm. So, uh, And then, as you mentioned, with the media and the other commissioners as well. And one of the biggest things going from inside here is going to be negotiating that new contract, right, for the for the company that he used to work for in NBC. And from all reports, Notre Dame is looking for a seismic jump. So in a matter of what, what well, finding this out before that, Pete was going to be on the other side of it. If Jack and Pete were talking about a new deal for NBC, Pete would have been on the NBC side of, you know, how much do we have to pay you to keep you as our team? Now he's going to be on the other end. Now he's on Jack's side and going to be talking to his old bosses at NBC about what's the money going to be. Because what do we think? The, the money now is right in the $20 million range a year. And there's a reports out that Notre Dame is looking for like $75 million a year. Now, I don't know whether they'll get that or not. But, you know, when you're doing negotiations, you start high. Another I, person starts low well, and you go somewhere else. So what kind of jump? It, they're going to need to have a big, big jump. Uh, I think, or, or expecting a big jump oh. from NBC here. Dad, I think they're going to get it. Like, this to me is a sign that that's probably going to be done very soon and indicates what this relationship has always been between Notre Dame and NBC. So I see this as a sign that's probably going to happen pretty quickly. Remember, Pete Bavacqua was also at NBC when they helped negotiate what is now the new Big Ten deal. So as you right. stare out into the future where this is all going – Pete is walking in in a very important time. We talked about all the decisions Jack made that were important to the future of Notre Dame in my adult lifetime. Pete's going to be here if and when this eventually turns into a conference conversation with Notre Dame. And because of what he just went through with that negotiation, he's got the relationships on that side with yeah. the Big Ten where everyone assumes Notre Dame would land too. And and I, I think overall to look at this thing, and you said it before about how, how um, Jack came in and how Pete's coming in. Pete is definitely coming in with the table set pretty well, right? Jack came in and there were a lot of play settings missing and he had to rearrange some things. The table is set, not set perfectly, but set pretty well for Pete on his arrival as a new AD of Notre Dame next year. Exactly. Much like with Marcus Freeman, you inherit something healthy. So even if you are a little green, there's a lot to work with. The culture's in a good spot and now you can go forward with that. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, time to turn the page. Uh, we had to put ourselves on a one-game probation for our Gojo Show parlay because Dad kept subverting our efforts to try and win money and to help you win money. And we are off our one-game suspension. We are going to be back for Game 4 coming up tonight. And so while we get that ready to help you out, we got a chance to talk to someone who knows the Heat culture very well is going to try and get us back on the right path here. Speak on FS1, co-host Joy Taylor Sat down with me and Brandon yesterday to talk about the Miami Heat, Chris Paul's future potentially, and maybe even a little bit of whatever the hell's being tweeted about Zion Williamson. Go, Joe. Heat Island, very apt, like very appropriate name for the way Miami Heat fans treat that entire fan base. So, <laughs> Joy, as some, as someone who's a minister of Heat Island, how are we feeling right now coming off of Game Three? You hanging in there? Yeah, I mean it was it was a disappointing game, but I, I'm not really that shook about it. I picked the Heat in seven. In order to get to seven games, the Heat are going to have to lose a few. So True. I I expected some losses along the way. I did not expect this to be a short series, although I'm positive that's what I'm gonna hear all day today. That it's it's being shortened. Um I mean look, that game didn't really reveal too much to me. Everyone keeps talking about how to stop Jokic. How do the Heat stop Jokic? What do you do with Jokic? You don't do anything with Jokic. Nobody's stopping Jokic. It's not, there's no, there's nobody to stop Jokic. It doesn't exist. He's going to do exactly what he wants to do. He looks like he's playing a different game. He's just over the top. Just, I will take that and I'll take that. And I'm going to just throw the ball. Like I'm taller than everyone. And it just effortlessly into the hoop. Like a setting of volleyball. Just <laughs> There's nothing you're going to do for that. So what's the point? Why are you putting any effort into that situation? What you can do is stop Jamal Murray, which we've seen done. What you can do is what, not you know, put too much effort into Michael Porter Jr. right now, but you you can yeah. spread the defense around. You can you can focus on the rest of the roster and minimizing the damage that they can do. Jamal Murray went off last night, and Jokic had an unbelievable historic game. Um, I don't think there's really too much to break down with what went wrong for the Heat. To me, what went wrong is you have guys who did not contribute offensively. Here's the problem with the with the Heat Nuggets conversation to me. It kind of it dawned on me this morning. As everyone keeps talking about the disparity in talent. And I don't think it is that big of a disparity in talent when you're talking about the rest of the roster. Jokic is the best player on the planet. Okay, so like, He's the best player on the planet. He's not playing for the Heat. So there's nothing you can do about that. But I don't think the rest of the rosters are that far off. And when you talk about playoff experience, the Heat are far more experienced in the postseason than the Nuggets. But what the difference is between the Nuggets and the Heat is scoring. They have high-volume scorers, and the Heat's high-volume scorer is sitting on the sideline in Tyler Hero. So you can't have... Gabe Vincent. You can't have Duncan Robinson. You can't have Max Struess struggle to score because you need those points. Because Jimmy is not a high volume scorer. He can score at a high level if he needs to, but he's not a high volume scorer. Neither is Bam. So they had great, you know, offensive performances, good offensive performances, but Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, and Gabe Vincent struggled offensively. And that was the game. So the Heat's margin for error is much smaller offensively because they don't have their high-volume scorer in Tyler Hero. So those guys cannot have down nights, and that's going to be the series to me. Oh, do you think that they could possibly benefit from this finals back-to-back then? I mean, I, the Heat are at home, so that's a good thing. And if they get the game tonight, then it's evened up going back to Denver. And like I said, I thought it was going to be a long series and, you know, people can say the sky is falling. And look, if they if they lose, uh, the sky will kind of be falling. Um, the, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. But I do think it's entirely possible to win another game at home. 
And as long as everyone contributes offensively, like I said, then they're in a good spot. The Heat are going to play a full game. Even in the game the other night, even in game three, they fought till the end, right? Like they just couldn't overcome that when they went down 11 early in the third quarter, they were just playing catch up from that point on. Denver has a tendency to kind of get comfortable, let their foot off the gas, something that Denver fans were bragging about, which I thought was really strange. But they're obviously capable of beating this team. They already have. So we'll see what happens. What You mentioned Nuggets fans. What's your interaction been like dealing with the Nuggets fan base? Because I always think it's interesting the first time a fan base gets to experience something. Like I remember when the Cleveland Cavaliers had to go through the championship parade for the first time, and they were really having some issues with just the basic mechanics of how to do all that. You guys, the Heat are perennial Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals for the last three, four years. What's it been like with this group crashing the party for the first time? Um... You know, Denver Nuggets fans, they're not that hostile. You know, I, I really haven't had a whole lot of pushback from from Nuggets fans. Uh, the, the big reaction after game one was that. Like, that's what I was seeing is like, oh, like, you're so silly. You don't get that that's how Denver plays. Like, they don't, they like let their foot off the gas at the end of the game. And I was like, mm, why is that a good thing? Like, you know, the person who has the most points at the end of the fourth quarter wins the game. You might want to take your foot off the gas like the end of the, the first half. Um, but generally, like, Nuggets fans are very pleasant. I mean, Denver's a nice place, and, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of hostility. Joy, if you're not worried about this series, though, so this Miami series, you got heat in seven, you're not worried about this. Have you allowed yourself at all to have your mind wander and think about any of this Damian Lillard stuff that popped up once he started talking the other day about how he calls her Texas Bam out of bio every day and about how he's kind of got that wandering eye? Have you allowed yourself to think about Damian Lillard in a heat uniform yet? No. I, I, I mean, Dane keeps saying he doesn't want to leave. So... There are certain things that I just don't. Uh, when someone keeps telling me something, I'll just believe them until I see something different. You know, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta believe it when I see it. You know, I, I do not walk by faith. I walk by sight. Mm, damn, the reverse. That's the reverse, Brandon. It, it is the reverse. <laughs> it is the reverse. It is the reverse of the church folk. Yes. Ironically enough, that's my philosophy for choosing Heat and Seven. Uh, to bring it back to the finals, I was like, I'm going to believe in what I haven't seen. And I don't know how the Miami Heat can beat the Denver Nuggets in seven games, but I, I believe it. Uh, I mean, I know how, but I also believe it. But I feel like I, I am walking by by sight. But, you know, that's the, that's the awesome thing about sports is we can all watch the same game and have completely different <laughs> sure. conclusions. And That is kind of interesting because – it depends on what version of sight, right? A lot of people would look at Denver and say, this has been the better basketball team all season long. They are probably on pace to be wire to wire number one, but Miami has actually been here more recently. Like Denver's treading through all of this for the first time. It is kind of interesting too, because part of the site would have been Jimmy Butler doing what he did in the early rounds. And I feel like this series has been a lot more about Bam Adebayo. Like maybe it's just the matchup with Jokic that's kind of put him into focus or Jimmy's ankle but it does feel like we've seen a lot less Jimmy in the driver's seat and a lot more focus on what Bam Adebayo has been able to do for this team through three games. Yeah, Bam has been great. And Bam can be a little inconsistent at times. So, And there were very low expectations for Bam coming into this series by people who were not necessarily Heat fans because they see Jokic and think that Bam is not going to be able to do anything. And it's, it's really been the opposite. Um, now, listen. Jokic is, is still doing what Jokic is doing, so it's not like anybody is slowing him down, but you would expect that Bam would have more down games going up against him, and he, that hasn't been the case. So Bam's been incredible. I mean, Bam is Bam is a great player, and he's he's really stepped into it. I, I Again, like I think my questions aren't with Bam or with Jimmy for how this, this series is going to go. What it's going to come down to for me is where they're going to get the rest of the offensive input and that is going to come from consistency from Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson and Max Schroes. 
I will say you mentioned the Tyler Hero point a couple of times. The further along we go in this NBA postseason, it does seem to be that one of the prerequisites for success is having a strong role-playing white guy that just comes out of nowhere. Because we had the Christian Brown, uh, Christian, I almost called him Christian Brown. It is yeah, Christian yeah. Brown. Comes yeah. out of nowhere last night. Austin Reeves is having fake Taylor Swift dating rumors on the internet now. Like it's been a banner postseason for random white guys coming out of nowhere and starting balling. Well, I mean. Yeah, well, now, I mean, Tyler Hero isn't random and not this postseason. I mean, Christian that more Brown the Christian a, Brown and Austin Reed yeah, standpoint. Christian Brown is a rookie, so he's truly, truly coming out of nowhere. Um, Austin's been pretty. Austin's pretty been pretty good um, for for a little while. Austin's earned himself a lot of money. He really mm. played really well. Um, Christian Brown, I think, you know, he had a, he had a nice night last night and we'll see what he does for the rest of the series but he was a he was a big factor um for the heat and or for the nuggets i'm sorry in game three speaking of money now joy we saw some of the conflicting reports about chris paul the other day you think he's going to end up a laker after all this i don't know i mean it would be fun i guess but the, and and i'm i'm so conflicted because <laughs> I'm conflicted because I really do want to see Chris Paul win a championship. And he just can't – it's hard for me to envision LeBron and Anthony Davis and Chris Paul all healthy in the postseason. Right? Yeah. Like, LeBron and AD being good. did were available in the postseason this year. That wasn't the issue. But, it, like, Chris Paul just he can't stay healthy. And he's still a playmaker and can still contribute. But I just think wherever he ends up, they've got to have a solid other point guard because he's just – I mean, he just can't stay healthy. I don't know. what Do you hate Chris Paul? Why are you squinting at me like that? Me? Yeah. I just – I do not want to see the Lakers turn more into a – reality TV series that they're used to being when they're not winning basketball games. And I guess it's they Los did Angeles. When, I know, but in, a, in the storylines, <laughs> I just don't want more people that are on TV to join the team. Is that fair to say? Like, oh, I yeah. Just, Brandon's, Brandon's got this real bias against players that are currently doing like TV or media while they're playing it's and not, them being a part of his team. I, I, I've very rarely seen a commercial during a game where that person or player is hoisting a trophy at the end of the day. It's just, it just seems like a, a mixed message ordeal. Well, we just had the Kelsey's play in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> yeah. Against, uh, against each other. Okay. Fair. But since we're talking about basketball players that haven't, uh, landed up to what we expect them to do in their careers, can we finally call Zion Williamson a bust? Well, there's a joke in there somewhere. I was going to say, that's probably not the word I would there use publicly anymore. There is a joke in there. I'm not going to make it, but... That is the messiest NBA internet headline I have seen in a while, and we lived through an entire spring of John Morant headlines, and it doesn't hey, that, even come close to what's going on right now. That one-two punch. That draft class, Good son. Lord. <laughs> the um, draft class. <laughs> listen, man. Uh, I don't clutch my pearls often. Okay, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> honey, I, like this is not for the internet. No one on Twitter is seeing heaven. <laughs> Rest I in hell is trending today. <laughs> so. That's I think once the words spit in my mouth are typed onto your Twitter timeline, that's probably where you hand in the halo. Listen, yes, you're not getting wings. I have, hey, you know what? Live life, right? That's what life is for. Life is for living. I am not judging. I do not participate in judging. I Man. just, I guess my only input would be maybe everything isn't for, we know too much about each other. That's, that's all I'm going to say. We know, mm. we know, I, I would like to know less about Amen. everyone. I, that's all. That's it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not judging. I truly am not. I have, I have participated in plenty of unsavory activities 
and I will continue to do so in the privacy of my private time. Hey, Joy, Joy could be a private investigator. I'll just say that. Oh, I could be a spy. I'd be the best spy on earth. Instantly. There's nothing I can't find. Uh, women, women are spies. I have sent someone a picture of a woman, a picture of an eyeball, and she found this man. <laughs> Fellas, if you were thinking about hiding anything, I promise you, you are fighting a battle you cannot possibly ever win. Just give up. That's before the new iPhone software that came out now that allows people to pick their incoming call screen. You were screwed before that. You were never going to find your way through this impropriety before that. So give up now because no matter who the she is in your life, she will find out because she is infinitely smarter and more capable than you. And she's got friends that are too. Oh, I mean, listen, like, I don't, I'm telling you, I don't, I could do it myself. Like, if I'm busy, I would just be like, hey, girl, here's like a photo and a first name. And less than 15 minutes later, I could have their social security number if I wanted to. (laughs) Not the social. Not the social. Oh, my God. I just found out that every black... (laughs) The middle number in every black person in America's social security number, the middle digit is even. Okay. Now I just left y'all with something. You're welcome. Hold on. Everyone. Yeah, definitely is even. Destroy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Make sure everyone checks out Joy on Speak, not giving out her social security number or any kind of information like that. Joy, thank you so much. We appreciate you, friend. A lot has happened on this show, guys. <laughs> we, as you said, we know too much. We know too much about each other. We know too much about <sighs> each other. Uh, thank you, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Go, go. Uh, massive overshares, a theme of this podcast. Let, let, let me tell you, this, this is, that's the bad side of Twitter, right? There's the good to Twitter and bad to Twitter. This stuff, I guess unless you're not involved, then you can look at it as entertainment. But there's even some entertainment that goes too far. I mean, that that whole Zion thing, I don't care to ever talk about it. I don't care to ever discuss it. I don't ever care to ever read about it again. I guess I should say because I've already read it. And it's just, it blows my mind. I mean, what's going on with that whole situation and... Man, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say about it outside of there's just too much information out there. Well, I could say congratulations on the baby, Zion. Yeah. Everything <laughs> else you know, we'll figure that out as we go. But the first time yeah. we have Zion in front of a microphone leading into this season is going to oh. be interesting. The next person who wow. talks to him, that is going to be one of the most uncomfortable rooms on planet Earth. Almost as uncomfortable as this one right now. All right, we got to make our parlay for tonight. Like we said, we're off one game probation because, Dad, you've sucked really bad at this. So we're going to try and let Come everyone on. redeem themselves. So for anyone that's been here, not been here, me, Dad, and Brandon each picked the leg of a par- same-game parlay that we're going to put up for DraftKings Sportsbook tonight going into game four of this series. So, Dad, what is your leg of the parlay here? I'm going to go uh, Miami side and Gabe Vincent. Now, Gabe didn't have a great game three, but he played really well in games one and two. So I'm going to combine. I'm going to go points and assists. I'm going to go, he's going to have, what's the number going to be? 16 points and yeah. assists. There's have to be over 16 between points and assists over. for Gabe Vincent. Over 16. All right, over 16 there. Brandon, what do you got for your leg here? You've been pretty good to us. Me and you have been carrying the weight here. It's just dad. That's why I got it out of the way at the beginning so people would know if they're going to get mad at something, it's going to be his. What did you pick? I wanted to go with the hot hand Christian Brown because I feel like he's going to be playing a lot more. But I got to go with my original pick of Miami Heat uh, winning the series. And I want to go with Duncan Robinson. He hasn't been doing well recently. He had a couple garbage time points. Uh, Joy talked about it in her interview. I'm picking him over eight points tonight. Duncan Robinson over eight points. All right, so we've got both heat bets on your guy's side and both ones that are going to be indicative probably of if this heat team wins. We talked about that, finding alternative scoring. You guys both bet it there. So I'm going to tether us with some blue chip stock when it comes to this and just go a nice steady Nikola Jokic over eight and a half assists. 
Easy. You can set that one and forget it. That's a crockpot bet. And so we'll have something to weigh us down here, something to tether us to the ground as we wait in bated breath and see if my father can somehow manage to actually place a winning bet this time around. So, uh, Dad, thoughts and prayers. Can you guys quickly Venmo me your part of the bets? I, I don't know how many times we need to explain this to you, old man. That's not how this is going to work. You got Venmo? All right, now that we've finished a busy day of super teams, athletic director changes, and uh, Zion Williamson tweets, probably <laughs> time to get ourselves out of here before we do or say something that we're going to regret. We'll get to this, that, and the third and the second. Three quick stories to finish off the day before we get you out on the road. But, Dad, first and foremost, Brandon, Dad, I dedicate this to you as our good friends at Omaha Steaks want to help dads everywhere make sure they have the best Father's Day humanly possible. And, everybody, it's right around the corner. Now, this isn't like Mother's Day, where if you screw this up, you're going to rue the day for the rest of the calendar year, but you want to get this right. Dad's been doing his thing. He's been trying to drywall in your basement more than likely. Even if he fails, he's failing with great intentions. And so you want to reward that with good old-fashioned steak, because dads want steak. And when you give dad a perfectly aged, tender steak, you're not just giving him a great meal you're giving him a chance to grill it up and share that moment with you because that's the other thing dads want to do is stand in front of the grill and put meat on it and flip it until it's done. So head on over to omahasteaks.com and enter code GOJO into the search bar. When you do that, you're going to be able to order dad's favorite gift package for just $99.99. Plus, you're going to get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers with the order. The burgers taste just like the steak. I had two of them for dinner last night but you can put them on a bun. They're lean, they're bold, they've got great beefy flavor. With the Dad's Favorite Grill Pack, you're going to get four bacon-wrapped fillets, you're going to get four premium air chill boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha Steak seasoning. Plus, you're going to get those eight free Omaha Steaks burgers we talked about, all for the low, low price of $99.99. Remember, gifting is easy. Dads want steak, so Omaha Steaks aren't just steak. They're the best steak of your life, guaranteed. So don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and type Gojo into the search bar and order Dad's favorite gift package for Father's Day today. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword Gojo. All right. That being said, guys, let's get to this, that, and the third here and get to these three quick stories. As always, download, subscribe, rate, and review and tell us more of what you want to hear. And Dad, not really a surprise because they claimed it was the plan all along, but... Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers have elevated Bryce Young to QB1 status over Andy Dalton. So we're not going to get any sort of awkward Chicago Bears uh, plate out of this from the social team one. They're going to rip the Band-Aid off. Is this surprising at all to you? No, the only surprising thing is that he wasn't inserted as a number one quarterback as soon as he stepped on campus or as soon as he stepped in a facility. Now, again, you did have Andy Dalton there. I get it. Uh, I don't think there was ever a thought unless Bryce Young... Now, again, he hasn't done anything in pads. So, as he even said, I still have to earn this thing uh, when pads go on and we're actually playing against different people who are not, not on our team and, and the reads have to come a lot quicker. But, yeah, the only surprising thing here is he wasn't inserted right away because uh, we all knew this was going to happen. And quite honestly, it's the right thing. You, you've kind of rebuilt the old line. You're getting him some weapons on the outside. And you just start right off the bat with him and let him get his feet wet right away. So I am not shocked at all that this happened. Dad, would you start all of the rookies that we saw up top, right, between him, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, would you start all of those guys week one if you were those respective teams? Yeah, I mean, listen, at this point, we're, we're, you know, the Colts, the, the Colts were the most surprising to me. I actually picked them to win the division with Matt Ryan at quarterback and thought that old line would would get back to what we were used to there, but they were they were awful. So if you're awful and you don't really have I know they brought in what Gardner Minshew, so he is a guy that could start, but Andy Dalton's also a guy that could start. But what they all also can be is good safety nets if the young guys, you know, start to fail a little bit. With Anthony Richardson, we kept saying he needs a year under his belt. He needs a year under his belt. Well you know what, go out, get your eyes watered a little bit, your nose bloodied like all these rookie quarterbacks will be, and see what he can learn on the fly. As I said, you have a guy to go to if he's not ready and needs to sit for a little bit. But yeah, at this point, I would start them all. 
Would you? Yeah, I agree. And I think I think with Bryce and CJ, yes, because their floors are already pretty high. They should come yeah, in with the kind yeah. of polish and relative to the room that they're in. Anthony Richardson, I'm with you. I've said he needs to play more football and go through the reps of being a starter and learn how to do that with only 12 starts under his belt coming out of college. And so I think the position they're in and with Shane Steichen's offense can do a lot to meet him where right. he is right now as a quarterback and hopefully to get him to where they want to be. So plenty more to keep an eye out, but Bryce Young, QB1, more short pictures of him next to his offensive line on the way (laughs) dad speaking of size let's get to that um did you see the pictures came back again so Alejandro Nunez Vincente is the architect of the change lounge airplane seat that went viral a while back on Twitter he's back with a new updated version that essentially stacks you into the back where you'd have one seat up high level one seat down low you're basically sitting with your face in somebody else's butt inhaling farts the entire flight but it would allow you the chance to get your legs straightened out underneath the seat and lay down closer to flat dad are you in or are you out on double decker airplane seats I have no problem with this at all because I just go by the way I fly. When I fly, I get in my seat, I put my headphones on, I get my iPad out. Well, first, if I have work to do, then I'm doing the work. If I don't, I'm putting on whatever I downloaded on Netflix or Max or Hulu or anything. And I'm just, I get in my own world. I can sit in any seat. I can sit anywhere on the plane and I just get in my own world. So I wouldn't care that I'm looking at, at the back seat you know, uh, of the person in front of me and above me would not affect me one bit leg room. I'll take the fact that I can straighten my legs out. So I would have zero issue with this at all. I'm not going to lie. It makes me a little bit claustrophobic. I've ridden on trains and especially trains in foreign countries where some of this seating is already kind of the norm. I think especially, and I'm more thinking about me as the top seat here, you would then need right. to announce the invention of the fart shield. Because if not, you are going to have a scourge of pink eye that's going to hit this nation and any nation, the likes of which you've never seen before. It'll be a pandemic of its own sorts because you are literally right at that level. And as we've established on this podcast, I'm a person that farts pretty regularly on airplanes and doesn't feel bad about it you do you do you do you should be the one when you as soon as you're getting your seat you should turn your overhead fan on right away just so you could disperse the air as quickly as possible because you you are nasty you 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 know what you are but that's I, I'm sorry to I, say this and you know what nasty i th- I think I'm the one that admits it. I think there's a lot more people like me, and that's why I don't think that we can let this happen. Too many outliers. It feels too much like I'm on an MRI machine when I look at this, and so I'm sorry I cannot (laughs) co-sign this behavior. Okay, I understand you have your little hidden rules about airplane Brandon, you're muted, baby. No, I'm not. Come on, Um, Brandon. But I want to let you know that one of the first things I learned about your son, Mr. Golick, is that he's a nasty boy. He's an yeah, boy. he is. Yeah, 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 he is. Listen, when I see this kid throwing up all over himself before football games and his white Notre Dame jersey has an orange tint to it down his chest, I know he's throwing up his Gatorade before the game even started. So, yeah, he's nasty. You're nasty, Mike. Nasty. Well, speaking of being nasty, let's get to the third then quickly. There was a guy at a Cleveland Guardians game yesterday eating casually a tub of mustard. Dad, is there any condiment that you would be comfortable eating a tub of in public or in private? I think mustard would be the one. I'm a big mustard fan. Um, Now, me me and my brothers, Greg and Bob, we used to do, out of the horseradish jar, we used to have contests on who could take the biggest scoop of horseradish you know, without retching all over the place. So, but that would be a lot to eat, a lot of horseradish seed. That'd be very bad for me. So of of condiments, I guess I would have to go down the road of mustard because that is my favorite condiment. How about you? Mustard's a weird choice, man. It's just a little bit too much. And I'm assuming you mean yellow mustard and not Dijon mustard. Dan, I would go very easy answer for me. Raisin cane sauce. I've always said I could put a straw in that and drink comfortably. So if you asked me to just sit there with a spoon, I could well, go that cane sauce easy. I wouldn't even need the Texas okay. toast. All right. Well, I mean, if you, I was just thinking mustard, ketchup, mayonnaise, relish, that kind of thing. Because if you're going down that road, I could probably do the cane sauce. I could do Chick-fil-A sauce as well. I could eat that. I, I, I put that sometime on my sandwiches instead of mustard, so I could do that easily as well. 
cane sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, a little bit thicker viscosity-wise, might cause you some trouble in the sun, but (laughs) elite-level taste. Just like this podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out on DraftKingsNetwork.com. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday. Boom. Money in the bank.